Welcome spiritual seekers, curious agnostics, devoted believers, and all of the nuns of the above. I'm Father Gerard Alba. I'm Michael Sanum. Welcome to the Holy Questions Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you joined us. You may have missed us last week. We did not record because we needed a break, um, which consider this your permission to give yourself a break sometime this week from doing something that you're just a little too tired to do. But don't make it not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Luckily, you can listen to it anytime. Anytime. You can relax you. You can listen for a couple minutes yeah. and listen again later. Yeah. yeah. Lent is a busy time at your local Catholic parish, and yeah, we were feeling that. So we took a little break, uh, but we're back. We're energized, and uh, we got a great question to to discuss today. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian emailed us, holyquestionspodcast at gmail.com, and she asked, my holy question, how do we know when we are on God's path and not our own? How do we make sure our decisions in life, big and small, are made through God's plan versus being our own maker or leaning on our own understanding. How do we know our decisions and will is for God and not ourselves, i.e. choices and friends, jobs, places to live, opportunities, healthcare, major life decisions. So thanks, Adrian, for uh, emailing us and writing such a great question, a timely question. And, he, and she added a quote also from Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, uh, she, she says, One of my favorite verses is, is, we have Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And I guess the question connects with that. It's like, I want to do that, mm-hmm. but how do I know that I'm actually uh, not leaning on my own understanding, yeah. not just like trusting with my, um, just my ways, but... I'm actually trusting in the Lord, listening to him and walking his path. And this is really a question of discernment, I think, uh, among other things. Uh, How do we know God's will for our life and how do we do that? Um, One of the cardinal virtues is prudence, right, which is both uh, knowing what the right choice is and having the wherewithal to carry out and do that so this is kind of like knowing what god's will is and doing it um and i remember this was the question i had in my early 20s i wanted my life choices to align with god's choices for my life i wanted god's will to be my will i was kind of a little obsessed with it and I realized I was kind of looking at the question like I was trapped in a maze, a maze called life. And I had, do I go left or do I go right? Which way is God's way Correct. and which way is my way or the devil or something, right? Mm-hmm. And that was not a recipe for uh, joyful discernment or I would even say mental health. It it was almost like an over-discernment. And... I think it lacked uh, some wisdom. So I'm excited that Adrian asked that question. We get to talk about that today. 
Yeah. Yeah, for, um, you know, as, as a priest, people do come to me a lot and ask those questions, help them with discern, you know, discernment in, in various ways. Um, and, well, it's like, yeah, what, what does God want for me? You know, how do I know? What is God's will? And uh, is it this or this? You know, usually it's like, um, yeah, I'm supposed to get married. Usually they already have, like, in their mind, yeah. yeah, multiple things. Like, is it this or this? Accountant or scuba instructor. Right, exactly. And um, I always tell them, like, well, what is God telling you? And it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm asking. And and, and so before the, the discernment question, it's actually like, um, what... Not, not just what is God's will, actually, I need to know God first so that mm. I can be then attentive to his voice. It's like, well, you're not going to know his call if you don't know his voice. Um, so before we get to the discernment part, like, well, is this his voice or is this, or is this his voice? I need to actually know him first. And so that's always the, the ground the groundwork mm. um, is being familiar with, with him. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, I think in my own life, I was discerning uh, going to law school and that was a big decision. Cause I think it was going to bring something like, Oh, I don't know, $70,000 of debt per year. <laughs> so I needed to make sure this was a good decision. And I will say I went into it wanting to know if this was God's will more than wanting to know God, yeah. but, but you know, God can use anything. And that question did uh, increase, you know, I was kind of, you know, wringing my hands about it, but it did make me want to know God more. It's like God right. used that to draw me in and I didn't end up being a lawyer. Um, and I didn't end up going to law school, but I did end up growing, growing closer to God in that process. And, uh, that's where, and this can maybe be more frustrating when you're not, in early middle age like I am, but when you're younger is that um, you need to kind of have some patience about those decisions and you sort of need to try things out. And sure. especially if we're thinking about uh, jobs or careers or something like that. Like sometimes you just need to have an experience of it and um, you can't, um, you can't hijack God's, you know, uh, omniscience to know what the right thing is for you. Sometimes you just have to go through kind of the messy parts of trying something out mm -hmm. and, uh, and realizing it's not for you and realizing that's not a failure. That was actually a good discernment. You tried it. Didn't sure. work. Yeah. I remember that. So similarly, it was my, um, the discernment thing didn't come into my, own story until um my yeah my, my freshman year actually you know, I, so you know i at that point I decided to go to ku study architecture um and i started to have a relationship with with christ already prior to that my senior year in high school but it was in college it's like oh um I, since i now have this relationship with him and i trust him for the most part and love him um I had to ask that question, not just, not just what I want, but what does God want for me? And that's when I started, you know, asking those questions. And I was open for the first time. I think as a Catholic uh, man, like that priest said, really just like, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that comes into the story. 
when you start to ask a question of what God might be, yeah, what God wants for you. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, I was open to this. And I remember going to um, meeting with uh, a spiritual director. It was just for a week. This was it, when I was at KU uh, through the St. Lawrence Center. They had this week of retreat. It's called the Busy Student Retreat. That's what it was called. So you met with a spiritual director for like 30 minutes every day for a week. And basically to give you something to, to, to read or pray with. Um, just a little bit. And basically part of it is just like, hey, if you can do it in this week, you can. Mm. You, this can be something you can do, you know, uh, the rest of of your life. And uh, I remember going to the spiritual director and uh, it was a, who was a priest and a monk. And I was like, okay, like, how do I know? Because someone had given me <clears throat> this book. It was basically, it's a, I forgot what, what it's called, but it has written in it all of the names of all the religious um, uh, communities, like in the entire church, right? It's this big, thick book, and and so so, and that did not help me because I was like, I don't, how do I know, you know? And then so then someone handed it to me. Oh, here's here's the list. I'm like, you know, I was so <laughs> yeah, I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. I was so overwhelmed. And I was like, how do I know? There's all thousands of you know these communities. I don't even know where to start. And he's like, well, young man, have have you been uh, discerning marriage before like well yeah sure it's like well how how do you decide to date this girl when there's like you know billions of girls yeah. out there it's like i don't know just the one i saw her she's cute and so i asked her out and she's like yep you do the exact same thing mm. you're just like yeah you're like oh what's in what's in front of you right now yeah and then yeah you're attracted to them and then great then have a conversation, yeah. visit them, and and then move forward. And that that was really helpful for me at that time. I, I think there's something like that that we, if God is a good God, He's not going to make it hard or difficult. You know, He wants us to actually have be able to receive what what it is that's, that He's offering us. And and so in the discernment, if it comes your in your if it is actually what God wants for you, it'll, it'll come your way. Mm. You know, he'll, yeah, He'll He'll present it to you. Yeah, and in, and in my experience, God often, you know, um, draws us into this process of discernment, and it's it's a process of growth in a lot of ways, spiritual growth, but just even emotional growth, growth and maturity, um, and it's very different to kind of the immediate gratification that we experience on our smartphones or on social media or on what we expect from entertainment. It's a long process. I mean, and it's, it's full of surprises and twists and turns. I mean, I consider, um, me being here in this room, you know, part of my kind of ongoing life discernment of Mm -hmm, for sure, huh? You know, even just taking this job was kind of like, Hmm, I'm going to explore, I'm going to be free enough to explore this. And then it was kind of like, oh, I think God's drawing me into this. But that's also been um, based on a, a, a decade or so of being actively discerning in my life, just even the movements of my day and things I might be called to or are not called to, and trying to be free enough to respond to those things um, yeah. appropriately. So, so that's one of the things that um, a criteria in discernment is that, like, um, it's hard. It's hard. It's going to be hard to discern the big 
stuff in life of how God is going to lead me there um, if I don't really pay attention to him in the small things, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it always begins in, in the small. So like to, to go throughout the day and actually ask, yeah, Lord, what is your will for me today or in this moment, you know? How are you calling me to love? Uh, all, all, all calls really is a, is a calling to love um, yeah, amen. and to receive love. From, from him and from the people and from other creatures that he's presented in our life. And so, um, yeah, just to begin there. And once you're then in tune to his voice and to his will in the small moments, and the big, then the big things won't be as difficult, you know. Um, oftentimes it kind of leads itself to, to, to that. Um, it's like, oh, it won't be such a surprise mm-hmm. in some way sometimes. It's like, well, of course, I've been moving in this direction mm-hmm. and uh like because we, what we believe of god is that he prepares us yeah you know? yeah he prepares us for for whatever it is that's that's coming um yeah because he's he's a good he's a good father there's a quote from augustine in a sermon on love and it's often quoted and we should really read it in its entirety and its context but but people don't have long attention spans anymore, so here's the, here's the cliff notes. But um, this is on uh, uh, John's gospel. And uh, Augustine says, Once and for all, I give you this one short command. Love and do what you will. If you hold your peace, hold your peace out of love. If you cry out, cry out in love. If you correct someone, correct them out of love. If you spare them, spare them out of love. Let the root of love be in you. Nothing can spring from it but good. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a good way, if God is love, that we, we ground ourselves in love. Now love is <laughs> a mini splendored thing. No, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's in, the, in English, it's one word that right means a lot of different things. He's probably talking about agape like spiritual love or sacrificial love but um but that's a good that's a good simple kind of parameter that the more important thing than always making the right decision is making your decisions in love in with charity maybe is a better word for it um versus but even that again, there's no shortcut to kind of get out of the messiness of life, of making mistakes, of not having enough information, of making the best choice you can with the information you have. And then looking back in charity with yourself and saying, oh, I I did the best I could in that situation, but it really, I could have done better if I'd had known what I know now, but, but, you know, forgiving yourself. That's totally different now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) And that's how you learned, right? That's how you learned. So yeah, the uh, as you mentioned that you know it's not about making the, when when I heard you say it's not about making um, the right decision. I, the, the the next thing that that ran through my mind is that it's about making the the decision rightly. Mm. So yeah, uh, it's it's actually like okay, what do I know, and and did I did I um, actually like yeah did I did I pray with this decision did I was it not? Was it from a place of peace and not out of fear? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't out of desperation. Yeah. You know, um, did I um, or anger? Right, or reactivity. Did I? Yeah, and if you have the time, did I actually 
connect with other people that can、mm. help shed light upon this decision for me. You know, was I responsible in the way that I was making the decision? Yeah, it's. I think it's that part is important. Yeah. So then, when you look back, you can actually say, as you as you mentioned, that no, I des I did the best I could,、mm-hmm. right? Um, and and God's so big, He uses that.、Yeah. You know, um, He He fills in the other things. Um, I'm glad you brought up、uh, the community aspect of it because in our culture, we're kind of. Um, expected, especially young people, you're expected to kind of create your own identity, create your brand, you know, and then、uh, and that can put a lot, quite a lot of pressure on young people. But all of this should be happening in community with other voices、uh, having an input. Now, eventually, it's your decision to make, your path to walk, but you walk it with other people.、Um, and I even think about. If you wanted to blow this question up a little bit, how do we know when we, the church, are on God's path and not our own? And in that circumstance, we gather together, and that's what a synod is. That's what a council is, right?、Mm-hmm. That's what we、yep. gather together and we pray together and we listen to each other and to the Holy Spirit. And、um, that's a good way to look at your own life decisions as well.、Um, it can kind of save us, I think, from、uh, you know the rugged individualism that's expected of us. Where we just kind of go our own way,、uh, which ultimately I think just leads to a sense of of a fracturing and division and、uh, polarity, which is in our it's all over, right?、Yeah. Um, but、uh, but bringing community in, I think, can take a bit of the pressure off ourselves、uh, as well. I should also mention that、uh, Chris Duke's joining us again here. Hey guys! So if you hear if you hear his voice, chime in from the community.、Um, That's right. I am. I am、uh, definitely a a listener today. I'm I'm taking this info in because this、uh, question definitely speaks to me. So okay.、Um, yeah, it's interesting. I I find that、uh, you know I'm I have been in a season of transition and discernment.、Um, you know, a couple years probably. And、uh, you know, Mike, I know just even last week we were talking about.、Uh, you know, I described it as like. Like being afloat at sea in sea at night,、mm. you know,、um, you know, you don't know which which direction you're facing.、Um, can't get your foot on any、uh, solid surface, you know, to even walk a path, you know.、Mm. Um, just kind of getting started, or you know, I think you, you hear the term paralysis by analysis.、Um, oh, that's know, a good、uh, one. I've never heard that. Yeah,、oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, good. You know.、Um, The 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 fight and flight response, but、uh, as my wife would、Or、say,、freeze. there's also a freeze、right. response. Freeze. Yes,、um, the first two、yeah. get get more press. You know, the fight and flight, but、uh, freeze is also one so that I encounter myself.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, or crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's real. You know, it's like、uh, you know there can be、uh, even. Hard to gather the facts in front of you. You know, it's like almost a, a static or a fog that、mm. just kind of shields you from even what the what the facts are in front of you, what the options might be, who's in front of you. you yeah,、know. yeah. Especially if we're we were on a path we thought was the one for us, and that for whatever reason evaporates or yeah, becomes yeah. not life giving, or you know, and、mm-hmm. then it's kind of. That there's an added element of 
especially if you over-identified with that path you were on or that role or that identity, well, who am I now? Right. You know, like if I'm not that, this happened to me kind of when I left teaching, you know, I was used to being Mr. Sanum and then I was just some dude, you know, like there's no, you know, it's just like, who am I, you know? Mm-hmm. And I realized now I'm like, sure. oh, I over-identified with that role. Mm-hmm. And then you look, you know, you look back and you say, I probably would have been a better Mr. Sanum if I didn't identify so much with Mr. Sanum, you know, what I mean? like if I was sure. freer. Yeah. So that's where it kind of taught me also, like you wear hats in life. You have positions of authority. You have things you have to do. You have roles, mm-hmm. but you got to wear your hats lightly. And you got to learn when to take them off. You know, otherwise, right. it'll, otherwise it'll drive you nuts. You can't be a teacher You're, all the time or a minister all the time. You know, I mean, you can maintain your integrity, uh, uh, certainly, sure. but you've got to realize that ultimately you're you're a child of God. And that's, and that's the thing, as you said, like no, it's no, it is just a hat, yeah. right? It's not like no, I'm I'm me. I'm not my hat. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's so the image of actually putting hats on. It's like, it's helpful to actually yeah. realize, oh right, like I'm still me. I'm just like, I'm yeah. in this particular role right now. Maybe I shouldn't have thought of myself as a brand. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. th- and that was part of me when I I remember when I was graduating and I was like, I'll be a lawyer because it was like I've got to be something. I can't just be Michael. I can't just be me. I have to be a role or a mm-hmm. success or effective or respected. And um, I, I'm grateful now that um, a lot of the things I wanted when I was 22, I didn't get. Things be together. You know, like, yes. thank, thank you. Isn't that a country <laughs> song? Like, thanks for unanswered oh, yeah. prayers. Oh, yeah, unanswered prayers, yeah. <laughs> it's like some girl that she, oh, yeah, that's right. Cold beers know. on a Saturday night? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I think, I think I, I don't know Mixing it too up, well. Like. I think it's a, um, he runs into his, like, his high school sweetheart, you know, mm. who he wanted to be. But oh. then standing next to him is, like, his current wife okay. now. I think that's that something like that. So much like a country song. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a dog in there, I think, too. There's oh, always a dog in a pickup <laughs> truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah. Mud on the tires. All right. Um, oh, but what, in terms of, you know, how do I know? Um, this is, I, I often do share this and when people ask about discernment. Um, is I sh- it, This is... I. It's Mother Teresa, or let me just rephrase it this way. I received this wisdom from Mother Teresa. I don't remember exactly what how she, she phrased it, but this is Gerard's interpretation okay. of Mother <laughs> Teresa's wisdom. Let's just say that. Uh, is that uh, she said, or some, something in this regard, um, do whatever you believe is God's will. And then when you find out it's not, then do whatever you believe <laughs> God's God. will is. That's and, that, and that's it. There's no... Yeah. Yeah. They'll be attached to the th- mm. activity or to the thing and just, just keep going. You're like, yeah. oh, that wasn't it? Oh, all right. And then, oh, this is what I think it is. And you just keep going. Um, but you need to learn from it, sure. you know. Um, and, and it's true. Sometimes we, as you mentioned, we can over-identify. We're like, but I invested, invested so much in that. Are you sure? Are you sure that's, you, this is sunk, not what you want for me? Some cost fallacy, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, and in my life, I find that to be true. That's... Mm. Oh yeah, that is how it is. Um, and really, when I look back in my life, as I mentioned, it's not about making the right decision, but it's making the decision rightly. Because even when I look back in my in my past, I made 
I can look back, I didn't make those decisions rightly. But now, it, I, when I look back, no, God was there, and mm. he made it somehow part of his will, you know? Um, that was like, yeah, that is, it's hard to say when I look back, like, um, that, that wasn't part of his will <laughs> anymore, yeah. you know? Um, again, when we look at the cross, you know, um, it's like, is that, that's God's, we're like, yeah, that's God's will. He chose that. Like, well, um, what about the guy that hammered the nail into his hands? Mm-hmm. Like, was that God's will? Like, oh, the one who pierced the lance, you know, lance through his side. Okay. You were like, yeah, that was, a, you know, it's like, yeah. that was prophesized. Yeah. And yet the person that was, you know, doing that was, was being participating in an evil. Yeah. So, you know, that's part of the, that mystery where it's like... What God yeah. wills and what God permits. Right. But and th- but that's why it's hard to distinguish. Sure. But they're all both actually in God's will, both whether permissive or, or active, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our understanding. One of the ways it's helpful for me, um, because this, luckily, I participated in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius when I was asking all these big questions as a 20-something. And um, that was a nine-month process. It was the 19th annotation. Nine-month process. I've talked about this as a hospitable space, but one of the things we learned in that, in this uh, understanding of being in relationship with God in prayer was uh, an understanding of consolation and desolation, where consolation basically... Uh, is a sign that uh, shows where God is active in our lives and where God is leading us. And there's fruits of that, joy, an increase in joy, love, faith, and hope is generally a sign that we are Mm God-directed versus something other-directed. I say generally because there's a lot of rules for (laughs) discernment as well. Whereas desolation is draining, it... uh, it makes us want to give up on things that used to be important to us. It makes us feel cut off. It turns us into ourselves. And so often, like when I was teaching, I remember uh, many instances of consolation. And then I remember at the end, there were many instances of desolation where it was kind of the grind of teaching was just kind of wearing on me among other things. And I was really felt like I was turning in on myself. I could kind of sense that even in prayer, there was a sense of almost being cut off or being self-directed versus other focused. And um, again, I had to meet with a spiritual director all throughout that process of deciding. But even there at the end, there wasn't any clear indication it's time to quit teaching and try something new. Um, and uh, you know, I had to draw up pros and cons, talk to as many people as possible, and eventually it was kind of the nudge, like, well, you might as well try something new. You're miserable. I mean, that was that was the end. You know, it was like you might as well. Like, what do you have to lose? Um, but anyways, I digress a little bit. But but often, if you're doing what God's will is, that you get signs, landmarks, experiences of consolation that indicate this is God's will for you. you know, like God doesn't want to torture you mm-hmm. uh, into making the agonizing decision. Yeah. Um, even when I came uh, to come to this job, there was sort of uh, some very, very consoling experiences in prayer that made me consider it more seriously. Um, 
And I was happily employed where I was at, but it was just like, you might want to try this. So I had these really, what we might say, experiences of consolation. Now, what's funny is uh, immediately after, I didn't have the consolation. I was doing what was God's will for me, but I didn't have the consolation because I was saying goodbye to people I loved and a job I, you know, there was experience of, of grief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't desolation. It was, it was, it was grief. Um, for moving on, for making a change that was difficult. But I'm grateful to those that real overwhelming experience of consolation I had because I could look back on that and say, okay, you, you've been with me. You gave me a sign. I needed a sign. You were here with me then. You're here with me now. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what we're, you know, that's the goal of life, whether you're mm-hmm. a lawyer or a minister or a priest or a chiropractor or anything else that you, you, grow ever closer to God and ever more aware of God working in you and working in your life. Um, and I also think of for the vast majority of human history, people didn't have all these options that we have today, you know, like they, you were a farmer cause dad right. was a farmer. Right. And yet I, I can't believe that, that they were not, um, you know, invited to live in the presence of God in the same way that I am wherever they found themselves in whatever circumstances they were in. Yeah. And, um, and you think of all the injustice going on in the world. You think of what's happening in Ukraine. You think of all the people that don't get the chance to, um, or won't get the chance to, to make these choices and discern like we've done. And you have to say, God is present in that, in that suffering, um, and, and does not abandon us. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, you're talking about yeah, the desolation, consolation. Um, yeah, one of the things I that I I'd learned is also to to pay attention to the fruits of the spirit too. So that's Amen. basically that's a it's very similar. So that's a consolation, right? Um, uh, the fruits of the spirit, and then you fr- look at the fruits of the evil spirit. Basically, yeah. is a, a way to look at it. It's like okay, um, does this? Yeah. Yeah, bring joy, peace, you know, this lead me kindness, as it more, make me more gentle, you know, give me patience and perseverance and self-control. Um, so if that's moving, if that's happening more and more in my life, then I am moving in, in the right direction, you know. Um, or does it lead me to like, yeah, as you mentioned, like selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, does it bring out like greed, lust, yeah. you know, um, yeah, greater fear, um, so all, all those things, we need, we need to pay attention to that. Um, and then I am being directed in the right way. And sometimes, um, yeah, you have, so in all of the, this, all of the discernment is that I need to actually, again, I need to be able to listen well. Mm. So um, I need to pay attention, you know, uh, to to that, to the stirrings in my heart. If, I, if I'm so hyper-focused on the activity and not, I'm not good at just like being, you know, uh, just being here with with myself and mm. with God, and then it's going to be dif- difficult for me to to really listen. Um, if I keep asking, okay, what what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And that's I keep focusing on the the doing. Um, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna miss it because um, I've I've focused my already my identity in what I'm doing mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. um, actually recognizing that I'm. Yeah, that God is with me right now. He's loving me. He's providing for me. Um, and if I have that as my my foundation, 
um, then I'm, I'm, I'm freer usually to, to move in accord with, with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that, you know, over the past two months, even not just what we're talking about right now, but, uh, you know, for some of the bigger questions in your guys' experience, um, your discernment periods, you've had a, uh, you know, people to talk to, mm-hmm. whether they were, you know, teachers, spiritual directors, but, you know, I don't know if we've had an episode go by here where you haven't mentioned yeah. I was talking to my spiritual director. I was, sure. You know, so that seems like that's that's an important piece of the puzzle, too. It yeah. can be a very helpful. Oh, no, tremendous. It takes yeah. a village. It's a community. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're called to be that for other people as well. All of us to go through it and then to be companions for others. Well, in the, I mean, Jesus modeled it for us. And it's that, no, like we're make disciples, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you're a disciple, that means there's someone you're looking up to. And then you're imitating and living according to how they're living. And then as I'm living with them, being with them and paying attention to them, then what they are, what they have, then then I, I somehow catch, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm with them and following them. So that's really that we're, we're making disciples and, or I'm being discipled and then I'm making disciples in, in the process. And it's all from, from, from the Lord, but, um, it's, yeah, my spiritual director or my mentor, um, yeah, or the people around me, all of us are sitting at the, and we can say at the feet of Christ, you know, um, and then they're paying attention to me, as I'm, and we're all paying attention to, to the movement of the spirit together. And I trust them. I trust their word, and and then they they teach me too. You know, um, it is important actually to be able to trust other people. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. Those relationships are really important. Um, I think the last time we, we talked, I mentioned that <clears throat> one of the things that I do find in, that people are lacking in people's lives. Yes, it's true. Spiritual directors. But people are actually don't have, just have good friendships, you know, as mm-hmm. I mentioned. And it's, yeah, and uh, it's friendships are, are places, again, this, you know, um, places of hospitality, as you mentioned. So, like, a friend is someone who is just home to you, you know. I mm-hmm. can just, like, come in and just be me and just be there. And and if I need to put up a front to be with someone, then they can't really see what's going on. And, and I'm not really sharing, you know. And I don't. I won't even really know myself because I don't live from my authentic, you know, identity. Um, and so, if you don't live from your authentic uh, identity, it's hard for you to discern, you know, God, God's will. If you so, part of the discernment process too is like if you really do want to know God's will, cut out your sins first. You know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna want to follow God if you if you have so many attachments already. And so, so work on like freeing yourself from your attachments. And then, because then you're more willing to, you're more willing to then to really listen. Because uh, if not, as you know, I, I mean, I knew this in my past. Sometimes I went to the people who I knew was going to tell me how what I want to say kind of thing. So in some ways, I won't really go to God actually to want to hear what he wants to say if I have attachments in or in, in my life. And so, so to, to root those things out. And then I'll be more free actually than to to live accordingly uh, kind of like the rich young man story in, yeah. in the scriptures you know it's like yeah i've or you know he's like oh i've done all these things and he says well um sell everything you have you know um so give give the money to the poor and then and then come follow me yeah 
He saw where know? he wasn't free. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to really let that part of him himself go. And then he can really follow the Lord. So it's, that's an important part in the discernment process as well. Um, I was listening just before this to a talk by Thomas Merton. Uh, it was called uh, Thomas Merton in His Own Voice. It's on YouTube. It was pretty good, but he was talking, I think, to a group of novices, and he said, let's start with the basic proposition that we belong to God, and we want to belong to God, and we want to live in a consciousness that we belong to God. We want to live in an awareness that we are children of God, and God is our Father, and we want to live in a constant relationship with Him. And we belong most intimately to God in prayer. And so prayer should be the activity in which we are most ourselves. And then he says, now we see right away that when prayer is not what it should be is when we are most not ourselves. When we are not praying like we should, we are most artificial and we feel like a phony in prayer. Right. And that has been so true of my experience of prayer and growth where now prayer is where, where I'm freest. Mm-hmm. I can really be who I am. Yeah. Totally, you know, yeah. before yeah. the, before God. But when I, you know, when I was 22, you know, asking to get accepted to this law school or that, right? It was like, come on, Lord. You know, it's kind of almost like trying to, it just didn't feel real. I will say, but God, God used that. And uh, Merton also says, you know, for me to be a saint means for me to be most myself. Right. Fully Um, alive. Yeah. Fully alive to be most, most fully you. And that's a question of a lifetime. And what sin does is it makes us artificial, makes us not ourselves, makes us enslaved or attached to things that aren't us. And Merton always talks about the true self and the false self. Right. And, and the false self is the self that's attached to roles or whatever. But he basically says, God can't love the false self because it's not real. It doesn't exist. Right. You know, God can only love your true self. Um, so uh, he also says... This brings up our choice of identity. We have lots of choices of identity, and we like to waver around. We have all these roles, and we don't know which one we are supposed to be in. But it's not a question of a role, but a question of vocation. And a vocation is a response to a personal call from God, our Father. It's not a role. Um, So again, it all springs from that relationship Mm -hmm. that we experience most intimately in prayer. Yeah. Yeah, And that call, again, it's, you know, vocation, call and, mm-hmm. you know, the voice yeah yeah so it's being able to to have that conversation that the heart-to-heart um conversation with with god and be free enough to respond yeah honestly yeah right yeah, yeah. um one, one thing you're talking about like in the path you're like oh it's just am i going left or right you know that's actually how i describe my my vocation in a very short <laughs> span with someone like, oh, how, you know, how did you find yourself to be a priest? Um, I said, well, um, God wanted to take me, wanted to, yeah, for me to take a right turn and go <laughs> that direction. I said, nope, I want to go left. And he's like, okay, we'll go left. And then later on, it's like, okay, now take another left and then, and then take another, <laughs> and then take another left. And then now we're both yeah. moving in the right direction. And that's how I see God, mm. who's so creative, actually, that, and he's so good that basically then I think for myself, that's how I see how God works, is that that's how that my will and God's will actually, and that's how he wants it to be. Mm. They're not like going the opposite direction. It's yeah. like, oh, you want to go left? Okay, then, then go ahead and go left yeah. and left and left. And then now we're moving in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. You got what you want, and I got what I want, and they're the exact same thing. Yeah. 
And I do find that, that to be the true, like that God's will is actually um, my will without my selfishness, mm. you know, without Amen. my character defects, yeah. like, you know, influencing yeah. it. My fears are not influencing it. It's actually in the purest of what my heart's desire. That is actually yeah, yeah God's will. Ultimately, uh, everything we long for in this life, uh, there's something beyond that, and that's God. And so we, you know, as we, as we make these difficult decisions, you know, we can see God over the shoulder uh, of each one of them. And, um, you know, eventually God is all in all. And we, 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 we awaken to an awareness of God present in in all things, as the Jesuits say. <laughs> yeah, find God in all things, because yeah. he is in all things, for sure. Uh, and then um, one thing I wanted to talk, just touch on, is that we, we received another kind of another question, and it was like something to oh, this yeah, yeah. To, the, yeah. to the same extent about God's will, but someone asked, oh, how do I know? Um, uh, well, how, did, what was it's, the phrase? Uh, how do I know if this situation is a gift from God or a, a trap, trap from the devil? Right. And it, our, our answer was, well, it could be either. In, or, yeah. Both. It's both. Because um, yeah. even the best thing that could happen in your life could be twisted to evil and could mm-hmm. be a trap, mm-hmm. right? Right. But God could also use a trap for <laughs> for your good. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, again, we see that in the, in the cross. Yeah. We see that, you know, in, Adam, again, oh, happy fault, this, you know, the, yeah. the sin of Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah, the, okay, we have this great sin, but that sin actually provided so that grace can enter so in. So good a Savior. Yeah, 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 and then open for us, um, yeah, eternity that was not available. It was only available only because of the sin of, of Adam. So that's where in this whole thing it can be both. In the same way with, again, everything that is good, everything is actually good. So maybe that's a good way to 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 talk about it. it's like when when god created the world it says in all creature creation it was good mm-hmm. and very good um but what we have done is that we have we've 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 made them to idols all these things mm-hmm. meaning that they we've used it for something that it's not supposed to be you know so we've turned it to something else um and and that's when we sin so uh it's yeah so that question, yes, it's either a, a trap or God, you know, or yeah. a blessing from God. It's like uh, both. Could could be either. Yeah, it's how you, <laughs> or it's, could be both. Or, yeah, it's how you use time. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, and part of that has to do with the fruits, and part of it has to do with your attachment to it, and part of it has to do with your intentionality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of examples of people who've gotten everything they've ever wanted, and it's twisted on them, kind of right, right before their eyes. Most uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to us today. Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we can, you know, continue to talk about these things, but I hope it it, it stirred your heart. I hope it brought mm-hmm. more questions, and and really, with all of our holy questions, you know, we want you to bring that question to the Lord in in prayer. Amen. You know, whatever it is that comes um, within. So let's go ahead and and do that and make an opening for for your own personal prayer. In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, um, yeah, may we be, as we approach you right now, our authentic self. Um, 
if we have been wearing masks, if we have been um, holding on to other things, we have attachments, we, yeah, we surrender them to you right now at your feet, um, at the feet of the cross. Um, reveal to us who we really are um, and let us not take them too seriously um, because knowing that we are safe and we are good in this very moment because you are with us. Um, give us peace of heart and inspire us with your Holy Spirit as we move to our, our next thing. And we ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Follow us on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Got a holy question? Email us at holyquestionspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever fine podcasts are sold.